We are continuing a series today called Jesus Light is Half Really Good Enough. And my answer to that almost universally is no. I don't want half a pie. I want the whole thing, all right? We don't want to just live our lives halfway for Jesus all the way. Amen? Am I talking to the right people this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Chris is allowing me to speak today on his his, uh, kind of topic that he assigned to me was um, speaking on selfless or self-serving, okay? Are we living selfless lives or selfish lives? So I don't know why he uh, assigned that to me, but not sure what he's saying there. We're going to have to talk to him about that. You know, as I began thinking about this topic, I I really, I started to say, you know what, there's so much selfishness in our world today. Well, I mean, we see it everywhere, don't we? We just see it in society, we see it in culture, and uh, unfortunately, sometimes we see it it even in our our church, uh, in churches and in our church, and I thought, man, this is going to be great, Lord. We're going to be able to come along with some truth and help all those people that are struggling with selfishness. We're going to be able to straighten them out, aren't we, Lord? And God said, yeah, this is going to be good for you. And I was like, wait a minute, God. You, you mean good for them, right? He goes, well, uh, no. He goes, You're, you are part of them. And I was like, wait a minute, God, is there something you're wanting to say? I, I'm I'm, I'm not selfish. I, I, I'm, I tithe. We, we tithe. We do tithe, right? Don't we? Yes. Okay. She usually does that. So we tithe and we give generously and we, we serve and we try to practice hospitality and all those type of things. And so I'm explaining to the Lord, Lord, I use my gifts and my talents and every chance that I get. And then he says, uh, well, well, let me, let me ask you a couple questions. Uh, he said, I said, well, sure, God. Um, go ahead. What are your questions? He said, well, uh, do you do those things when you want to or when I want you to? I was, oh, that's exactly how I felt. <laughs> that's, oh. He said, let me ask some more questions. He goes, who, um, Sam, who sets the schedule for us to meet, you or me? Do you determine, determine when you're going to have your devotions, when you're going to read the word? Um, do you, when you choose to fast, is that your choice or my choice? I was like, oh, I don't like where this is going, <laughs> you know? He said, well, let me ask another question. Anybody know that the Olympics have been on the last couple of weeks? And so uh, the Lord said, um, he said, well, who decides how much of the Olympics you watch? And when he said that, I could feel kind of the poke, the jab, and I knew what he was referring to because just a couple nights before, I was sitting there and I was watching the Olympics and flipping from channel to channel and watching the different things, and I felt this little kind of tap on my shoulder that said, hey, Sam, I got something I want to talk to you about. And I was like, be right with you, okay? And nobody's ever done this right to their spouse. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I'll be right there. Uh, hey, hey, Sam, come on, let's, let's talk about something. I want to show you something. I was like, man, God, as soon as this game is over, I will be available. So who sets your schedule for watching Olympics? And then he said this. He said, who decides where you give your money and how you're going to give and how much you're going to give? And he said, let me ask you, is it your money or is it my money? If it's mine, do you even ask me? Uh, how you want me to spend it, how you want me to, how, how you want it to invest it, to be invested. So the bottom line was this. If my life belongs to God and is to be used for his purposes and his glory, how much do I even ask him what he wants? 
How much do I ask him what he wants? Do I just assume that this is the way it's going to be and this is how it should be? Or, or do I ask him? Do I, you know, do I ask him what he wants? And, uh, and so, so here's, the, here's the way this works today, all right? If God is going to show how much he loves me by asking me correct questions to bring correction to my life, then I'm going to ask you a few questions just to let you know how much he loves you, okay? <laughs> my question's a little different. This, uh, this comes from a, a little survey. It's called a, a, a Selfish People Survey. You ready? Selfish people serving. Now remember, you're answering for yourself, all right? You're not answering for somebody else. You're just, hey, does, is this me? Could this possibly be me, right? And uh, then when we get to the end, if you don't know if any of those things were you or not, then I just encourage you, ask your spouse, ask your children, ask a friend, they'll, they'll let you know, okay? Here you go. Selfish people put their own goals ahead of other people. Okay? Your schedule is the most important thing in your life, no matter what anybody else has got scheduled. Selfish people tend to neglect others' needs. Selfish people don't value other people's time. Okay, ooh, okay. Uh, selfish people attend social gatherings based on the opportunities to benefit themselves. Selfish people are friendly when you first meet them, but they use those first impressions for personal gain. Selfish people avoid contact, uh, conflict and don't take a stand because someone might not like the stand they take. Selfish people are always push, pushing for personal gain, or, are uncaring towards others, are conceited and self-centered. Selfish people always have a better story. You ever, now, anybody ever met anybody like that? So you don't know any selfish people. That's wonderful, wonderful. Selfish people dominate others. They're very narcissistic. Selfish people don't show weakness or vulnerability. They have to preserve their image. Selfish people don't accept constructive criticism. They don't listen to those who don't agree with them. They criticize others behind their backs. And here's just a freebie. Let me assure you that if somebody is talking to you about other people, they're talking to other people about you. <clears throat> Expected a big amen there, but... Um, <laughs> Um, selfish people exaggerate their achievements. Selfish people are afraid of public failure. Selfish people are manipulative. Okay, They're always trying to coerce things, massage things for their benefit. Selfish people believe they deserve everything. And in our culture today, we see that there's a block of people that have kind of got this label of think that they're entitled. You know, you may have heard somebody say about the millennials, you know, they just feel like they're entitled to everything they want at their age, what their parents have worked a whole life for, and blah, 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 blah. You know what, as I was praying about this, you know who else the Lord told me was entitled? Senior adults. Now, I is one, so I can talk about us, okay? So... <clears throat> Man, the Lord started picking at me and saying, hey, do you feel like just because you've been there and done that, people need to just listen and do what you say? And, and uh, is it all about what you think? And you deserve the closest parking spot? And you deserve not to have to wait in line? And they should have a special lane for us, right? If we want to drive 45 in the 70 lane, who, hey, we're, we get to do what we want, right? Uh, anybody, everybody, everybody mad yet? No, everybody okay, so... Um, selfish people are preoccupied with all of their own stuff. And this is why selfishness is so destructive. 
Can I tell you that selfishness destroys relationships? It destroys marriages. It destroys friendships. It, destro- it just it destroys so many places. And the sad part about this, this the people who are selfish, and, and I really do. I, I really thought, God, I don't want to preach this message today. There's so many people here that give of themselves so liberally and so selflessly and so generously. Uh, I said, God, but, um, but you know what? Selfish, selfishness is so deceptive that many times selfish people don't even realize that they're selfish. They just think, well, that's just the way I am. And because God loves us today, he wants to root that out. Amen? And so that's God's goal today is to make us aware of the subtle but the destructive influence of selfishness and the amazing, incredible, phenomenal benefits of living a selfless life. Webster describes selfishness like this. It says uh, this uh, selfish, selfish person is someone who's concerned excessively or exclusively with oneself. They're seeking or concentrating on their own advantage, their own pleasure, their own well-being without regards for anybody else. In the New Testament, selfishness uh, is defined in this way. It's politicking for yourself. Now, isn't that an interesting word that would wrap up the term selfishness about politicking? This is a desire to put yourself first or to put yourself forward. A partisan, you know what partisan is? We hear that on the news a lot, right? Partisan spirit is a divisive spirit. I tell you that selfishness will divide us. Selfishness will disrupt unity in a home, disrupt unity in a community. It'll disrupt unity in any relationship. It'll disrupt unity in a church. Says uh, this in the New Testament says selfishness is a spirit which does not care for others. It, it comes from a verb that means spending your life working for self benefit. Anybody checked any boxes there? But generally speaking, I, I would say that um, that selfishness can be summed up by saying selfishness is being a toddler. <laughs> Anybody, any toddlers? Anybody know any toddlers, right? It's mine, 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 right? No, not that way. It's all about me. It's all about me. It doesn't matter what everybody else has gone through. A few, uh, a couple weeks ago, we'd had a very busy day with the grandkids, and we'd had them over, and, and um, somewhere along the line, either Yvette or myself, we had made a promise to the kids that we would take them to get a Frosty, now, um, in my uh, opinion, you know, Frosties will be in heaven, right? So I like Frosties. Okay, I like Frosties. But uh, leaving the house, we live out in Flint. I thought, man, Frosties, you can only get those at one place. And so I, driving in, I thought, hey, how about if we go to Dairy Queen? Dairy Queen, you can get, you know, ice cream. No, you said a Frosty. We want a Frosty. <laughs> Frosty. <laughs> Well, hey, we're, we're driving in here. Oh, Sonic. Oh, man, they've got great stuff. And those mixed things and those slushy things. And, you said Frosty. You said Frosty. You said Frosty. Brahms. Woo, everybody loves right, Brahms. You said Frosty. <laughs> Frosty. Frosty. Well, that's not exactly the picture that God wants for or from his mighty men and women of God, isn't it? <laughs> I think we all need to read that news flash that says, it's not all about us. Amen? Why don't we say it together? It's not all about us. Let's make it personal. It's not all about me. 
not all about me. Okay? So it really isn't. God's got great things in store for each and every one of us. But those great things don't come from pursuing them ourselves. It comes when we pour our lives out to God through serving others. And when we do that, you know what God's going to do? He will blow our minds <laughs> at how many things he can bless us with and how many opportunities he can give us to bring him glory and honor. Man, that's the life we want to live. Selfless, not selfish. Amen? Amen. You see, the Bible is filled with examples of people uh, acting selfishly. It started in the garden with Adam and Eve. We want, you can have everything in the garden, all the trees, except the one. I want the one. <laughs> that one, right? Starts with selfishness. Doing their thing instead of God's thing. You know, I think that's one of the greatest indictments that we read in the scriptures when God says to the people, he says that there was a season and a time and it scares me sometimes about the world we live in. It says there was a season and a time where every man did what was right in his own eyes. Right in his own eyes, not concerned about what God wanted, not concerned about how it was impacting or influencing other people. One of the low points in David's life, anybody ever heard the story of David and Bathsheba? Yeah, what? I see, I want, I see, I want. It doesn't matter what you have, what you've already got. It's just, I want that thing. And it brings destruction. It brings destruction for him, for his family, for his nation. Selfishness cannot be overlooked. I think one of the stories that sticks out to me is a story we find in uh, Mark chapter 10 in your Bible. So if you have your Bible with you this morning, I encourage you to turn to Mark chapter 10. All right, and we're just going to read a section of scripture there, but I want to set the stage of what's going on in Mark chapter 10. It's an amazing, an amazing chapter. Uh, Jesus starts out, he's doing some teaching, he teaches about divorce, then, he, then the little children are coming to him. You remember the disciples, the people that have lived with him, the people that he's going he's gonna to entrust to carry on the work of the kingdom of God. And so children, parents are bringing their children to Jesus to be t prayed for, to be blessed and touched. And the disciples are going, get away, get away, not, we don't got no time for no little children. And Jesus says, hey, you're missing it, you're missing it. Bring the little children to me. And Jesus prays over the little children. And then there's a rich young ruler that comes to Jesus. Anybody remember that story about the rich young ruler? Rich young ruler comes and I want to follow you. And Jesus says, go and sell everything. And he goes away sad. Why? Because he was so attached to his stuff. His stuff was ruling his life. He was living a pretty self-focused, selfish life there, right? And then the disciples begin to discuss and say, listen, it's going to be hard then for, for people to enter the kingdom of God, you know, the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus says, Jesus says hey, with, with men, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. And then the disciples get bold and say, that's right, Jesus, because you know what? We've laid down our lives. We've given so much. We've done so much for you, Jesus. Jesus says, well, let me tell you about something here. There's still more to come. He says, you're not going to be able to bear the cross that I bear and go through what I go through. And they said, we can do it, Jesus. We can do it. Got a lot of confidence in themselves, don't they? Jesus says, yeah, you're going to do it. But you know what? It's not going to be easy. He goes, as a matter of fact, let me tell you the rest of the story. Jesus goes on. He says, and here, hone in here, okay? 
Jesus looks at his disciples, and I don't know exactly what the time frame is, but, but in the scripture, Jesus says to his disciples, I'm going to Jerusalem, and I'm going to die in Jerusalem. Well, you would think that the next thing that the disciples would say would, wait a minute, Jesus, what, what can we do? How can we help you? And, and, and how can we prevent this? And what can we do to serve you? And what can we, and instead, here's what we read, that uh, <laughs> here's what we read in the scripture about what, uh, what they say. It says, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want for you to do whatever we ask of you. Is that right? <laughs> I'm going to die for you. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to die. I'm going to, to forgive your sins and the sins of all the universe and the sins of all the people in New Covenant Church. I'm going to, I'm going. Well, Jesus, that's pretty cool, but hey, we want you to do for us Whatever we say, they didn't just stop there. He said to them, well, what do you want me to do for you? And they said, we want you to grant us to sit one on your right hand and one on your left in glory. And Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism? And yes, we can do that, Jesus. And Jesus says, yeah, you will. You will suffer what I suffer, experience what I experience. But to give, to sit on the right hand or the left is not mine. It's for those who, to whom it's been appointed. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. Now, again, let me say, selfishness will cause problems in any relationship, just like it did here. And Jesus called them, and he said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise controlling painful authority over them. But it shall not be among you. It shall not be that way among my followers. He goes on, he says, For you, whoever would be great among you must first be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be a servant of all. For even the Son of Man, listen to this, folks. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life for a ransom for many. Does that provoke some questioning in your heart, some thoughts in your mind? Listen, here, here's my question. If Jesus was here not to be served, but to serve, what are we here for? What are we here for? If Jesus was here to give his life, then what is our purpose? Is it just to preserve our life, focus on our life? And really, does it make any difference? Can I say it makes all of the difference in the world? It makes all of the difference in the world how we live our lives. Are we going to live selfish, self-focused, self-centered lives? Or are we going to live lives that are committed to the Lord, that are given to the Lord, that are lived for his purposes, and we're going to live to serve others? Now, I, I, I love you, all right? I love you. Don't you feel like a child getting ready? This is going to hurt me, which then it's going to hurt you, right? But can I tell you that there are some people, some people, not, I'm sure none of them are here today, but there are some people that are so selfish that really all they care about is how something impacts them or how something makes them feel. There's some people that don't, that don't care that their testimony 
If, if I was to just pick somebody out of the crowd right now and say, hey, I want you to come up here and share your testimony. You know what? Some of us, the first thing we would, oh, I can't, I can't do that. I come, can't come up here and tell my testimony. I can't share how God blessed me. I can't share how God healed me. I can't share how God answered my prayer. I can't share how God has provided for me and, and kept his hand on me and always took care of me. I can't do that because, I, well, I, I might not be prepared. Or I might not say it right. Or I might, you know, it might not make me look good. Or, and we were, are so caught up with how that it might impact ourselves, we forget that it might bless somebody, it might build somebody's faith, it might encourage somebody, it might touch somebody. And we're concerned about ourselves than we are about others. I, I really, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm really wanting to be nice this morning because I know I have. <laughs> you know, I, I shared this with somebody the other day. If we, the church, have the answers for the problems of the world, do we claim that? This means yes. Okay. This means, okay. We, man, the problem for sin in our world, Jesus provided the answer for sin. Amen? The, the problem with division, has Jesus provided the answer for provision? Yes, for, yes, we can be reconciled. We can be made one in Christ. How many times do we not even share the, the answer for the needs of people's lives? How many times have we said, hey, listen, I know my labor, I've worked by this person for 20 years, and uh, they sit right across the office, but no, I've never shared the gospel with them. I've never told them that they don't have to live in sin. They don't have to live in bondage. They don't have to go to hell. But no, I want to preserve my image. I want to be sure they don't think that I'm pushy or religious or a Bible basher or whatever. I'm telling you, this impacts everybody. It impacts businesses. It impacts government. It impacts churches. My preference, well, I'll worship when they sing my song and sing at the speed I like it and sing it the way I want it, and, but if not, then I'll just do what I want. Can I? Pastor Chris will be back. I promise. Okay. <laughs> okay. But listen, I'm serious, guys. Man, we want to be, we want to see God move in mighty and powerful ways. And God wants to do that. But you know who he's going to move through? You. God's plan for planet earth is you. God's answer for the issues of our world today, it's you. It's you and it's me. And God says, hey, I do want to work through you. I do want to pour myself out. But you can't wrap, be wrapped up in self and get the work of the kingdom of God done. You can't do it. You can't do it. Now, look, I know New Covenant Church has got a reputation for being a very friendly church. I, I, and I'm thankful for that. I, I'm proud of you. But can I tell you that... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, Yvette and I've preached at some other churches here recently, and and um, we went to a church, and uh, I'll bet that ninety percent—it was a small church—but ninety percent of the people in the church came up and introduced themselves to us. Said hi, how you doing? Can I get you a cup of coffee? Okay. Can, can I, I know everybody in here is not a greeter. But can I tell you that if you come in and sit down and 
wonder how come people don't get up and come shake your hand when you've got the ability to get up and go shake somebody else's hand and introduce them, yourself to them. Something's wrong in you. I, I mean, how many times do we think, if we come and think service is all about us, Folks, service is about God and about how we can bless others. Amen? Well, I would lift my hands in worship, but somebody might look at me. You know what else might happen? Somebody's faith. They might say, hey, look at them. They're worshiping the Lord. And God, I don't want anybody out worship me. I'm going to worship too, Lord. But I'm going to be so self-centered and so self-conscious and so selfish. God help us. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, Pastor Sam, I've got a few other things written down here. Some people, are we selfish with our gifts? Teaching gifts, preaching gifts, evangelism gifts, gifts of hospitality, gifts of leadership. Are we selfish with it? Gifts. There's people here. Your gifts could make all the difference in the world in blessing somebody and using your words of encouragement and your technical gifts and your worship gifts. and I mean, have you asked God, are they his gifts or your gifts? His gifts or your gifts? His gifts, right? How about this? How about testimonies? I mentioned that. How about resources? Okay. How many people thought money right then? Nobody? Resources include money. Okay. Yes, I'm saying do you, are you faithful in giving? Do you give your money? Do you give liberally? Do you give cheerfully? Do you give generously? But not just your finances. What about just your personality? Just about, just about your friendship? What about just, how, how long has it been? And I'm, I, how long has it been since you've just felt like, I just need to go over and give somebody a, a word of encouragement, or I need to give somebody a hug, or I, I, need, to, I, I need to let somebody know God loves them? Can I tell you, some people will only know how much God loves and values them by how much you and I love and value them. Amen? Hey, don't you think church is a great place to practice that? Amen. Let me just read some scripture to you. You won't be offended by scripture, will you? Okay. Okay, scriptures. Here we go. Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking for your own interests, but each for the interests of others. Whose interests are we looking out for? Others, right? Who do we want to encourage? Who do we want to bless? Who do we want to help to grow in their faith? Others, right? And if we will do that, I promise you, God will amaze us. Philippians 2.5 goes on, says, Having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, made himself nothing. Jesus made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Are we willing to be nothing so that God can make us everything for his purposes? 1 Corinthians says this, verse 10, we should stop looking out for our own interests and instead focus on people living and breathing around us, care about our neighbors. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 10, 33, I try to please everyone in everything I do. 
Not to gain their favor, but listen to why. I don't do what's best for me. I do what's best for others so that many may be saved. Anybody want to see people get saved? Do you know that people that aren't saved are going to spend eternity in hell and lost? We should be concerned about seeing some people get saved. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter 2, but for those who are selfish, self-seeking, and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile, all people. If we put ourselves first, man, we're walking in an evil, unrighteous way, and we're going to bring nothing but trouble into our lives and to the lives of others. James chapter 3, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter, that word bitter there in the original language means cutting. If you have cutting jealousy, you're always trying to tear somebody else down, jealous of what somebody else has got, what they got. He, that she got him, and I didn't get him, and I got that job, and I didn't get that job, and they I got that car, and I didn't get that car, and right, that bitter jealousy and selfish envy and ambition in your hearts. Don't boast and be false to the truth. This is not, listen, this isn't the kind of wisdom that comes from above. It's not heavenly wisdom. It's not the kingdom of God in operation. It's earthly. It's unspiritual. It's demonic. It's the work of the devil trying to take place in our lives. For where jealousy, okay, pride, selfish ambition exists, there is disorder and every evil thing. Man, we don't want that stuff in our life, do we? No, we want God's stuff. So I got to tell you, a big concern on my heart is not just that selfishness exists, but how much we're missing because we're not living selfless lives. I want to talk about how we can live selfless lives. Ready for seven quick keys, okay? Seven keys in three minutes. Here we go, okay? How do we live a selfless life, not a selfish life? Number one, let's thank God for all he has done for us. Let's thank him for what he's given us. Let's thank, anybody here been given anything by God? Anybody, right? Anybody had any breath in your body today? Anybody had, right? Anybody got a great wife? Woo! I'm trying to help you, man. Anybody got a great wife? Woo! Yeah, okay. I'm trying. Josh, did you say okay? Amen. So, all right, okay. Yes, thank God for the good things that He has, or He has given us. How about the things He's promised us? Has God promised us that He'll always be with us? He'll never leave us? He'll never forsake us? Has He promised us victory? Has He promised us freedom? Has He promised an eternity with Him? Woo! Hallelujah. Let us give thanks for all he has done, he's given, and he's promised. Number two, let's open our heart to be searched by the Holy Spirit, okay? Because truth is, sometimes we have blind spots. You know the problem with blind spots? What? You don't see them. Sometimes there could be something operating in our life and us not be aware of it. Sometimes we could be selfish and not, uh, not really think that that's us. Psalm 139 says, like this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me into the way everlasting. Can I tell you, we talked about it this morning. Man, I love Psalm 32. Blessed is the man whose iniquities are forgiven, they're covered, his transgressions are cleansed. You know what? We can live lives that are cleansed, that are free from the impact of sin and iniquity and transgression because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. The third thing we do is we expose it. 
No hiding, no pretending, no shame, okay? Having, having any type of sin, having selfishness in our lives doesn't make us bad. It makes us human, all right? Okay, okay. Jesus said that these things, again, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be there, but we can, he can take care of it. So it says this. So we're going to drag things into the light. We're going to expose them. We're not going to hide it because if it's hidden, right, it's going to eat away at us. It's going to bring bad things into our lives, into our relationships. Into, okay, so we're not going to bring it into the light. And, and I'm telling you, this stuff can be subtle. It really can. So yesterday, um, I um, practiced being selfless, okay? I'm, I'm going to be humble about this. I, I was wonderfully selfless. Um, I mean, amazingly selfless. I mean, it was like incredible. Incre- I mean, I-, I went to Chuck E. Cheese with my, with my wife. Now, I'm telling you, I was selfless, okay? <laughs> so... So uh, um, I'm on the way over here to the church, and I'm driving to church, and I've got to, man, I got to, when I get in there, and it gets a couple of things done, and, and I'm, I'm sitting at the turn lane out here on the loop, getting ready to make the little U-turn, and as I glance over, I see a lady standing outside of her car with her hands up against her car, looking at her car, and immediately I felt the Lord uh, kind of speak to me and say, that, Lord's, that lady's having problems, and I was like, and I looked away. I was like, because we know if we don't see it, it doesn't count, right? And so, and so... So I, I'm looking away, but then I had to look back at the light, and I caught her out of my peripheral, and I see her trying to get in her car. I thought, oh, man, she's locked her keys in her car. And I was like, oh, I got stuff to do. My schedule's important. My time is it. I'm a busy, important person here. I thought that was funny, too. But uh, so... <laughs> And the Lord said, you could be her appointment today. So I pulled in there with such a wonderful spirit, and I, uh, and I rolled my window down. I said, hey, ma'am, I see you're having some problems. Is there anything that I can do to help you? I'm happy. And she turned around, and tears are just running down her face. And she said, oh, she, she looked at me. She said, are you the fire department Ma'am, I've been called a lot of things in my life. <laughs> no, that's right, no, that's right. <laughs> no, ma'am, but is there anything at all that I can do to help? She goes, well, they're locked in. I looked in there, and she had a couple little dogs that were in the car there, and they were crying and whining. I didn't tell you about it till now. So, um, And uh, I said, well, here, let me see if I can help you. And she said, oh, no, I've called the fire department. They'll be here in a minute, and looked up, and here they came. I said, well, I'm happy to just hang out here if you need. No, I'm fine. And so I drove away, and the Lord said, see, I really wasn't asking much of you. Isn't it amazing how we can blow something that might disrupt our schedule? Man, selfishness sneaks in so easy. And can I tell you, I'm so thankful just to be able to at least make an offer to help that lady. It blessed her. Hey, let's drag this stuff out. Let's drag it into the light and ask for God's grace and his mercy to cover it. Ephesians 5.11 says, Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And when we expose this kind of stuff in our life, we render it harmless in our lives. Let's get it out. Let's render it harmless in our lives. Number four, let's confess and repent. 
Can I tell you this? You'll never become, I'll never become, nobody will ever become too spiritual to have to have repentance in their lives. We get to run to the Father and confess our sin. And 1 John says, if we say we have no sin, we've deceived ourselves and the truth isn't in us. But if we confess our sin, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Once we're cleansed of that unrighteousness, don't you think that's a great time to say, God, I just want to renew my commitment to you as Lord of my life. And I give you my life. I do what Matthew, or what Matthew 16 says. I lay my life down. I lose my life. I take up my cross that I can truly find, find life. Amen? Fifth thing, let's receive forgiveness, freedom, righteousness, <laughs> refilling of the Holy Spirit so we can walk as powerful, victorious, generous, selfless servants of God. Amen? Number six, let's put our selflessness into practice today and every day. I want to give you a challenge. Value others higher than you value yourselves. I've known this for years, but I don't know why it stuck out to me so powerfully just recently. Do you know what Jesus did on the very last day of his life? Of all the things that he could have done, all the people he could have healed, all the sermons he could have preached, do you know the, the last thing that he did he got down and he washed his disciples' feet. Wow. I think you and I need to be looking for the opportunities to serve others. Looking for those opportunities. Looking for opportunities to give. Yeah, give money. Give generously. Do something. How long has it been since you've just done something extravagant for God? Give of your time, give of your energy, give of your counsel, your wisdom. Your, get, get, just look, be generous. Just give. Give. That is the demonstration of heaven on earth. Amen? It is the demonstration. Invite somebody to go to lunch today. Ask them to go to lunch with you. Give your time. Ask, hear, listen to their story. Just let them know you care. You want to know them better. Amen? Let me say it again. There is a world all around us that needs what you have to give. Please don't be selfish. You're amazing. People need you to give of that amazingness and to sow it into their lives. Amen? No better time than start today. God, search my heart. Cleanse me of anything that's not of you. God, remove every hint of selfishness and pride. And God, today, fill me with your presence. Fill me with your love. God, I want to live a selfless life. Every day that I live, I want to live a selfless life for you, for your glory. Amen. Give you a gift this morning. God, I give you me. And just ask him, say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I ask you to search my heart. God, I want to ask you, just to search my heart. Holy Spirit, would you just search my heart, search my life, my mind, my thoughts, my actions, my word, my, it's my deeds. God, is there anything of selfishness that exists in my life? And if so, God, I ask you to cleanse me of it, to forgive me. I repent of it, God. 
I don't want to continue to live that way. I don't want to continue to be that person. I want to give my life afresh and anew to you, oh God. And I receive, come on, just say, God, I receive your cleansing. I receive your forgiveness. I receive freedom from the impact of sin and selfishness in my life. And God, I, I receive just a renewing and a refilling of your spirit. Come on, just God, Holy Spirit, I welcome you to fill me. I can't do it in my own strength. I can't do it in my own ability, God. Sometimes it hurts too much. Sometimes it costs too much. But by your spirit, God, I can live a selfless life for your glory. It will touch others that will impact this world in the wonderful and in the amazing name of Jesus. Oh, God. God, I thank you today. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for refilling me. I thank you, God, that I'm going to go out different than I came in. God, I thank you today. I'm going to live selflessly. I'm going to live focused on, God, loving you by loving others, serving you by serving others, God, blessing you by being a blessing to others through all that I have, all that I do, all that I say, all that I am for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' mighty and powerful name, hallelujah, hallelujah.